St. Leo 360, a 360 degree overview of the St. Leo University community. Hi there, and thanks for tuning into another episode of the St. Leo 360 podcast. As usual, this is your host, Greg Lindbergh. Here on this episode of St. Leo 360, we are talking about tennis. And uh, to do so, we have Chad Berryhill, who is the head coach of both the men's and women's tennis teams here at St. Leo University. Chad, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Uh, just personally, I'm a huge you know, sports fan, athletics fan, uh, so always excited to talk to our coaches and talk some uh, athletics here. Absolutely. Okay, so why don't we just kick things off with kind of your personal background. Just talk to me about uh, where you're originally from in your early years. Sure, yeah. I, I grew up in, uh, in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, primarily grew up as a, as a basketball player, actually. Um, I started basketball when I was really young, maybe three or four years old. Um, I was lucky enough when I first started playing in elementary school that my my dad was my my basketball coach for a couple of years. And then I started playing travel basketball and um, played in high school. And then um, actually at the at the conclusion of my freshman year of basketball, um, our, our, our junior varsity basketball coach approached me and um, he asked, you know, what I was going to do in the offseason to, to prepare for making the JV squad the next year. And I said, I'm not really sure, coach, uh, you know, what, what do you think I should do? And that's when he introduced me to tennis. I had never played before. He was the varsity tennis coach. Um, so he got me into play. And uh, I guess the rest was was history from 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 that part uh i think i practiced for a couple weeks in the in the basketball gym for tennis and uh really i think two weeks in he took me to our first match and i wasn't originally supposed to play i was just supposed to go to the match and observe and kind of see how scoring um would go which i know a lot of people even still that watch tennis are a little bit confused on how the scoring system works I was included when I first started, um, but actually one of my teammates, I guess he couldn't play, and I got I got thrown in right away to play. And luckily, uh, my first match I played was also a winning match and and doubles. And um, the coach let me keep playing throughout the season, and I just kind of tennis grew on me more and more and more. I mean, tennis is uh, more of an indoor sport uh, up north in Michigan. Uh, but it was kind of a, a perfect crossover sport, uh, tennis and basketball. So that's kind of my, my my tennis journey really began through through playing basketball. Wow, definitely an interesting parallel for sure. So then as far as your education, talk to me about your college years. Sure. Yeah. So uh, kind of even going back to high school tennis, our, our, our coach would in the summer um, invite us to go to the the Ferris State University tennis camps, and I did that for three summers. And uh, the instructors for the Ferris State camps were um, they had a very unique program at the time. There was only three of them in the whole United States. It was called Professional Tennis Management, yeah. and those students were the the the, the camp staff. Um, 
and they were pursuing a degree at the university. It was a back then it was a marketing degree, but you had tennis specific classes to teach you about uh, both coaching and teaching the sport as well as the business side of the sport. So through going through those tennis camps, um, I learned about the the professional tennis management program or we call it PTM. And uh, that third summer I was there, I, I knew I wanted to do something in sports um, as a career. So we made a visit to Ferris State. We talked to the director, whose name was R.J. Tessier at the time. And uh, I, I kind of fell in love with that idea of being a, a tennis coach. So, yeah, I went to uh, Ferris State University for four years and, and, de- and got a degree in uh, professional tennis management. Um, and still with on the marketing side. So that really got me to kind of a springboard into, into the tennis industry. Wow. Interesting. And I got to believe that's a fairly unique uh, degree program out there. Yeah, very much. So I think now in the United States, they, they, they probably have about a dozen of them. Um, I would say at the time that I went through PTM, we had maybe 60 or 70 students in the program. And there was always more uh, more jobs available than there were people to fill them. So yeah, a very very unique degree. So then, in terms of your coaching career, let's kind of start you know from the beginning. Uh, where did you kind of you know cut your teeth and then actually start coaching? Sure. So my really um, in my junior and senior year of still being a high school player. I asked the uh, women's high school coach or the, the girls coach if I could help coach the the, the team there, and he kind of let me do it on a limited basis. Um, and I he developed a, a program called uh, Comet Youth Tennis. I went to Grand Ledge High School just west of Lansing. Um, actually, Frank Orlando, who's a political science teacher at St. Leo, he also – uh, Frank and I played on the same high school team at Grand Ledge High School, um, but I I kind of started working first with with Comet Youth Tennis, and then the coach learned that I was going to go and do the tennis management program at Ferris State. So my freshman year at Ferris, I also drove back on the weekends and helped him coach uh, the tennis tournaments uh, for Grand Ledge Girls High School team. So I was the assistant coach for them for two years. And then in my sophomore year, as a student at Ferris State, uh, the director came to me and said that the uh, Ferris State's located in Big Rapids, Michigan, and they were looking for a boys' high school coach. Um, so I applied to be the boys' high school coach and and got the job there. So I coached three years as a head coach in high school tennis. I, th- I think the first year, uh, the team before me, I think they won two matches my first year, I think we won three, and then we won 10, and then my last year we won 18 and finished 13th in the state. And that's kind of was like, okay, maybe I am maybe I am cut out for this. Maybe I'm good at this coaching thing. Um, so my first job outside of Ferris State, uh, being a student, my first job was actually in Tampa, Florida. Um, I, I was hired by Steve Smith. He had a tennis academy called the Tennis Smith School. Um, and part of that job was the assistant women's coach at Hillsborough Community College. Um, so I was hired there first, and uh, I, I went there in June 
Um, this is of 2005. And after being at the academy for one month, the head coach uh, resigned. And my boss, Steve Smith, went and talked to the athletic director and said they should name me the head coach. So at the age of 22, I was named a, a head college coach uh, for Hillsborough Community College. Uh, some people still still think I might be the youngest head coach in, uh, in college sports history, or at least in tennis. Um, and then that's kind of how it all got started. I in in my first year, actually, the uh, Hillsborough we ended up having a very good very good season. We finished uh, number two in the nation. Um, and then by my third year coaching at, at, at HCC, we won the national championship. Um, I stayed there for a total of five years. Uh, my next jump, I was hired as the men's assistant coach at the University of Central Florida or UCF. Um, I did that for, like I said, two, two years in Orlando. Um, very cool experience coaching at the Division One level. And then um, actually the job at Ferris State opened up coaching both the men and the women. Um, so I thought that was a really unique opportunity to go back to my alma mater and coach. So uh, I accepted that job at Ferris State. Um, luckily in my fifth, no, sorry, my fourth season there, our men's team did did exceptionally well. We made it to the national semifinals. Um, and my wife actually is from the Orlando area. We met when I was coaching at UCF. She moved up to Michigan with me. She's a, a, a true Floridian. Uh, so you can imagine she didn't really do too well with the, the Michigan winters. So she, she highly encouraged me to try to find a job back in Florida if I could. And my parents had... Uh, at the time I was at Ferris State, they actually moved down to Florida in the Leesburg area. Um, so luckily with the success that our men's team had, um, St. Leo in that year in 2016, their men's tennis team uh, made the national championship match and the women's team had made the national semifinals. Um, and that job opened up uh, after head coach Chris Frucci left. Uh, so lucky enough, I... Actually, wasn't the first person they hired. They hired another coach. He was here for, I think, roughly one month and decided to leave. And then it was actually Frank Orlando who called me and said, hey, the head coach left. So if you still have an interest, um, you might want to contact uh, Fran Reedy, the athletic director, and let him know that. Um, so I did. And then luckily enough, they, they flew me down for an interview and I got hired here at St. Leo. So um, I've been able to mostly do small college tennis and, and junior college in Division Two, but also a little bit in Division One. So that's a little bit of my my background coaching on the college side. And uh, I'm curious, uh, you know, in addition to kind of getting back to Florida, what really appealed to you about St. Louis University and this this opportunity? Sure. Yeah. Well, well tennis. Um, you know, Florida is definitely the a hotbed for competitive tennis. Um, so that was, that was my initial draw and with my, my, with my wife and, uh, her parents. And then with my parents there, we, we looked at St. Leo because we'd be about one hour for each of us for, to go visit our, our parents. Um, so that was exciting, but I didn't, I had actually, when I coached at Hillsborough community college, 
we came and played St. Leo uh, one time. I think it might have been the first or second year after they built um, the St. Leo Tennis Center, which is the courts we still have now. So I remember going on a down a dirt road to get to the courts and the parking lot that we have now is no longer there. Uh, apartment five and six uh, wasn't there. Um, it, there wasn't a lot, lot there at the time. And I remember even thinking to myself, I go, I, I don't know why anyone would coach here. There's nothing in the area. Um, but uh, fast forward all those years, I, I just saw, you know, St. Leo obviously had a lot of success on the, on the court. And then when I talked uh, more with Frank, also talked with uh, Fran Reedy, the athletic director, and then also at the time Mike Madigan when he was here, uh, the the associate athletic director. I really, the the the, the six core values at St. Leo really hit home for me. Uh, Frank kind of stressed that to me, like, hey, it's not just something St. Leo puts on the website. They don't really live out. It's really like, we, we value um, these six things. And I, I, I looked at them and I'm like, yeah, of course, I, I value those as well. Um, and then just coming when I came on my visit to the campus, uh, I was just uh, just amazing how uh, friendly people were. Uh, I, I like that it's a little calmer and not kind of right in the middle of uh, a, a major city and a lot of traffic, a big population. It really kind of felt like home in the Midwest to me. Um, so that's what I really enjoyed the most about St. Leo. And I think even on my first day as the job on, on the job that you know we're walking around campus, I was really I was really shocked by how many people came up to me and oh, I heard you're the new tennis coach, and they shook my hand or gave me a hug or whatever. And that really hit home for me. I kind of felt like, you know, they had just hired Nick Saban at Alabama and everyone was really excited about that. Um, people made me feel uh, important right away my first day on campus. So that's what I really, really liked about St. Leo. Excellent. So definitely the, the core value of community really comes to mind uh, in this case. Absolutely. So let's uh, fast forward a little bit to, to kind of the present day and uh, just talk to me about your coaching staff, uh, the team that you have there, and then just kind of in general, I'm also curious about managing, you know, multiple teams, both the men's and the women's teams. Sure. Um, so our coaching staff is, um, we're set up to have um, a graduate assistant, uh, one for the men's side and one for the women's side. So uh, we currently have uh, Matt Alexander and Maria Solar Valverde as our um, assistant coaches. Um, both of them were college tennis players. Actually, Maria was a um, she played for St. Leo last spring, uh, and then both of them are obviously uh, pursuing their master's degree here. Uh, Matt had an opportunity to to be the volunteer assistant coach at Stetson over in uh, DeLand, Florida. So he got some D1 experience. So both of them have been uh, great assets to our team. We kind of let them manage more or less the, the, the fitness side of the team. Um, so it's it's sometimes challenging having two GAs just because we have to rotate them through two years and then rehire every two years. But it's also great because they're, 
they're young, they're energetic, they want to kind of cut their teeth in college tennis. So uh, that's been been a great success for us having having that help. Um, specifically with our teams, we're, we're we're quite international. We have players really from all over the world on our team. Uh, makes it a lot of fun for me being their their head coach, um, kind of managing all of those cultures, learning all of those cultures. Um, and at the same time, I think because we have a, a very international team, uh, they all connect very well because they all are going through the same experiences of um, trying to improve their English, being really far from home, um, wanting to be uh, very competitive tennis players, but also you know, wanting to pursue their degree and doing very well in the classroom. So they're all very, they're all very driven. Uh, they really value the opportunity to come to the United States and, and get an education here. Um, so that's been, that's been a joy. And we, and we do, you know, some people kind of tease us that we don't maybe have enough Americans on the team. And we, we have had many in the past um, as well. So we, we, we try to add in the, I guess the, the American flair a little bit on our team also. We, but I think you, you see a lot in division two being very international heavy. And really the reason that is, is because if you think of other countries, tennis is uh, usually a top three sport in their country, maybe soccer, number one, tennis could be number two, or even basketball could be number two. And then tennis, number three, uh, where in the United States, tennis, I think the last time I checked was somewhere between 30 and 40 in popularity. So in other countries, you just have a lot more uh, people playing competitive tennis um, than maybe you have in the United States. And then, um, yeah, managing managing two teams uh, definitely has its pros and cons, I think. I enjoy it. I mean, as I said, in my background going growing up, I, I started first as a women's only coach. Then when I moved to, to UCF, I was a men's only coach. So I I enjoyed both. I, I, I really there's different coaching styles for for both. Um, I think with the guys, it's a little more maybe managing their egos and getting them to trust you and. Um, I think a lot uh, coaching them just you, you got to build that relationship with them first. Where on the ladies' side, I think that the, they've always kind of been more on the coachable right away. You don't really have to prove yourself the way maybe you do have to on the on the men's side. But um, you know, you kind of have a little bit more of a I'll just call it the the velvet hammer with the ladies teams, you're not going to be so much in their face. They're definitely going to be more relational um, with how you're going to deal with them. But uh, yeah, a lot of times we, each semester we try different things for practice. Sometimes the teams practice um, at the same time and we have some synergy together that they're all at the court. Sometimes they practice uh, different times of the day. It really just depends on, how we can work out class schedules and we also have to battle the, uh, the the Florida elements in the fall where we have a lot of rain, a lot of heat and humidity, uh, thunderstorms in the afternoon and the fall. So we try to practice a little bit more in the morning or uh, practice a little bit more separate then. And then in the spring, we seem to practice a little bit more together just because of 
classes and we have such a our, our schedule is very packed with a lot of matches in the springtime but uh yeah it's definitely fun coaching coaching both both genders and and the challenges uh that each one of them brings sure sure i appreciate that insight and i would imagine the two teams really do support each other as well both you know on and off off the court yeah absolutely excellent uh, so let's talk about uh, just some memorable memorable teams memorable seasons that you've had uh, here at St. Leo. I know you have actually had some very recent uh, success nationally, if you want to speak about that as well. Sure. I mean, well, recently it's been a, been a great couple of weeks for, for St. Leo tennis. Um, our, our, our men's team, uh, I guess three weeks ago now, two weeks ago, it's all kind of running together at the moment, but um, they traveled to uh, the ITA, which stands for the Intercollegiate Tennis Association, um, the national indoor championships. Uh, this is a, an event that started four years ago. Actually, myself and uh, the coach from Hawaii Pacific were actually kind of the ones that tried to push this uh, event forward because in Division Two tennis, um, it, it's all well. It, I should say in Division Two in general, it's it's all regionalized, and uh, in the South region is where you find a lot of the best teams in the country for tennis. So even if you're a, a top five program in the country, you're not always qualifying for the round of 16 at the NCAA championships. It's very difficult to get out of our region. Uh, so we felt like not always the best teams were represented. So we started the indoor championships, which – uh, we would invite the top eight teams in the country from the previous year uh, meet at an indoor location and and have those teams compete for a national championship. So the the men traveled to to Indianapolis this year and uh, they came in as the number uh, three team in the country and the number three seed at the tournament and uh, were able to get to the finals where we played uh, the host school, the University of Indianapolis. And they, uh, the Lions won 4-1 in the final to win the national championship. So that was uh, amazing for us. We have a, 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 you know, a couple of guys that are, are fifth-year players on our team. Uh, due to the COVID, they got the extra year of eligibility or actually two years extra of eligibility. Um, so it was fun to, to win that event with players that have stuck with us uh, for, for quite a few years so far. And then... Um, to follow it up, uh, everyone was kind of joking, like, hey, there's no pressure for the women. They had to go to the, the National Indoors the very next weekend. Um, that took place in Kearney, Nebraska. Uh, the girls also entered that tournament number three in the country and, and the number three seed. Um, and they made it all the way to the finals. Unfortunately, we lost lost in the finals to a, a school in our conference, Barry University, who we see uh, pretty regularly, but, uh, yeah, and that two week stretch was, uh, was amazing to come home with a, a national championship and a national runner up finish. Um, but yeah, teams that I you know that are memorable, obviously this year so far, even though the season isn't over, we've already had a very, uh, memorable year. Um, definitely my, my second year at St. Leo, um, with our men's tennis team, uh, that's a very memorable team because we, 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 
we started the year uh, 24-0. and 0. Um, We were moved up to number one in the country, where we stayed number one for the majority of the season. Um, unfortunately, we had a bad finish to the year. We lost, we lost two of our last three matches um, to lose in the regional final. Uh, so that was a difficult ending, but an amazing, amazing year. We had the number one player in the country um, on our team. Uh, we ended up having three singles All-Americans and one doubles team that was All-American, that team. So that one for sure was a memorable season. The other memorable one that I think a lot of people wouldn't give credit to is um, when I first came in in 2016 in the fall, so the spring of 2017, I had to I had to recruit three players kind of last second because my first day at St. Leo was on November 1st of 2016. Um, we we had our number one player who was top three in the country. She she transferred. We had another girl who suffered a concussion that put her out for the whole spring semester. Um, so we had a very difficult start. We I think we started the year three in the country. I think we ended maybe 36 in the country. Um, so I had a lot of pressure on myself to kind of bring the program back. And then that very next year, I think the team finished, um, right around seven or eight in the country. And then that following year, the women finished or they finished three, but they got up to as high as number two in the country. So that was, that took a, a lot of effort on my part and also a big effort from our student athletes to really go from you know, 36 in the country where when you were preseason number three, every team that beats you, they kind of celebrate like they just won the Super Bowl. So that's pretty tough mentally on a team to they, you know, they stuck through the process and the journey and and got back to you know being a top five program. Uh, so that was pretty memorable. And then we also had a team um, in that came in in the fall of 2018 on the men's side uh, definitely wasn't our most talented team that we had. And we had a lot of freshmen on that team. Um, but near the end of the season, they got ranked as high as number four in the country and still finished in the top 10. And um, I still think that was one of the the best coaching jobs that I had ever, I had ever done just because we got all of our players to, to buy into our team culture, to buy into the process every day. We work them extremely hard um, and they just kept bouncing back and practicing really hard and um, competing hard every match. And that's kind of what the St. Leo teams have been, been known for the last few years is we're just really tough to play against because we have players who are going to fight until the very last ball and, and work really hard and, and, and play the right way, play with integrity, um, and, and, and play for each other. So, yeah, we've had a lot of really good teams here and really good memorable teams here at St. Leo the last few years. Absolutely. And hey, congratulations on, you know, the recent uh, teams, championships, and just in general, the success that, that you've had and your, your players have had. Thank you. Uh, so I know you did touch briefly on uh, recruiting. And obviously, in addition to, you know, coaching, recruiting is a big part of the job as a head coach. 
And I'm curious, what kind of characteristics do you look for when you're out there, you know, on the recruiting trail, uh, trying to to bring uh, student athletes to St. Leo? With recruiting, um, you know, again, we're recruiting a lot of international students, so it's it's way more difficult to to see them in, in, in person. So we rely a lot on seeing some of their results from tournaments and talking with their coaches and seeing their videos. I think for me, uh, really the number one characteristic I look for is just, do I feel like that that recruit and myself are going to get along? Normally in that first phone conversation, you know, does it does it flow? Are they are they prepared? Are they are they pretty easy to get along with? Can they laugh at themselves? Can they make jokes? I think in our program, the people that come around our team or see us practice on an everyday basis, you know, we work them hard, but we have a pretty pretty chill or loose environment. We like to joke around with each other. We like to have fun. So we need to make sure that we have players that can be in that program and not take themselves too seriously because there is a lot of pressure on them to do well academically and do well on the tennis court. So having them just be able to have that balance and and laugh and have fun and enjoy the journey, I think kind of the, one of the number one things that we look for. And another thing that we look for is we need people who are uh, are just really competitive. Uh, they really value that the the core value of excellence. They they want to do uh, their very best. Um, they love tennis. Uh, they, they can't see themselves going a day without practicing tennis. Uh, but we find those people that have that, that extra gear on their, on their court that they refuse to lose. And they want to, they want to fight really hard in the matches. Um, I think when you find people that are competitive, it's just easier to coach them. I think those people are just always setting themselves up to be successful i mean they're going to be successful on the court they're going to be successful in the classroom because they always want to do their best so those are really the the two main attributes that i i look for um because i know when they get here you know we're going to help them improve we're going to make sure that we we manage them so they can do well in the classroom and and things like that but it's really finding people that are going to fit well into our team culture and I think that are going to fit well on the St. Leo campus. Because um, as you know, Greg, I mean, our campus and our location may not be for everybody. Um, so we need to find players that are going to thrive in, in our environment. And they're going to thrive being being coached by me and how I do things with our team. So um, I look at those things first because I think, you know, we're not going to talk to them if they don't have the tennis level or the academic level. Um, but all of our, our, our players do a great job once they're here They, with time management and being able to balance the tennis, the academics, and the social really well. But we, we just want to make sure we know we're going to get along with them and we like them and that they're they're really competitive and passionate about our sport. Right. Interesting. And then uh, in terms of the benefits of competing in athletics here at St. Leo University and uh, specifically in Florida in this conference, I know you mentioned tennis is, is really, you know, Florida is really a hotbed for tennis in general. So I would imagine that's a big part of the recruiting, uh, you know, process as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you're playing the Sunshine State Conference, I mean, it's, 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 it's by far, uh, far and away the toughest tennis conference in division two and then when you throw in our our region for the ncaa i mean it's it's as tough as it could possibly get um so 
again, that's where we, we bring up the, the competitiveness. We need people that are going to, they, they look at that situation and they they run towards it and they want to thrive in that situation rather than than run away from it. But yeah, with how hard, how hard that it is, um, it's just uh, also competing at that level all the time is, is very challenging. Obviously, college athletics can be very demanding. And then you add academics, you know, on top of that. And uh, how, how do students, you know, just in your experience, uh, coaching students, working with students, uh, what, uh, what's your advice? What, what do you tell students about how to really effectively balance, you know, the, ac- the academics and the athletics pieces? I think with the balance, it's really just the time management piece. And I think I think student athletes in general kind of thrive with that because their schedules are are really jam packed between you know they might be doing weight training then they have practice then they have class they're trying to fit in time to have breakfast have lunch meet with a group from a class to study or finalize that research project then they might have to go back and do conditioning or more practice or an individual lesson then they, you know, they're they're going to see the athletic trainers. They're getting an ice bath, getting their ankle wrapped. They're getting cupping, whatever. Their schedule is so busy um, that it forces them to manage their time and pick those few pockets of time to do the other things that are required of uh, studying, preparing for exams, going to class. I think people really uh, forget about everything that's included with being a student athlete uh that conditioning piece that taking care of yourself by going to the trainer piece um all that's all that's very difficult to do so i think that balance is just sitting down with themselves or sitting down with the coaches and looking what the schedule is going to look like when they're going to find time to practice when they're going to find time to study and then we also need to find time for them to have their own time have their de- their downtime to be social be with their friends do things that they enjoy so i think that's with division 2 athletics it's it's designed to be a balance between academics and athletics and the social part uh so we really try to instill that in our athletes as well and um again we try to give them the time off that they need or the support that they need to to be successful but if yeah if you're not so great at the time management um, you're kind of forced to be as a student athlete. No doubt. Absolutely. So my final question here is about uh, just the benefits of competing in college athletics in general. Um, you know, obviously the opportunity to compete in whatever sport it may be, but I'm sure there are a lot of other benefits, you know, just in terms of teamwork, learning to work together on a team, and then even uh, just for professional careers. Uh, let's say someone is interested in you know, pursuing a, a sport professionally or possibly the sport business side of things. Uh, any thoughts on all that? Yeah, I mean, the benefits are definitely plenty with that. Uh, I think it kind of ties in with our whole conversation here of, you know, you you, you learn to be you learn to be disciplined. Um, you learn to work with others, um, being on a team. Um, you learn to be competitive. You learn how to manage your manage your time you're learning how to be a leader on your team especially as you grow as a as an upperclassman I think each coach kind of expects those older 
older student athletes on the team to have that, those leadership responsibilities. So yeah, I think as you're going through it as an athlete, you don't really realize that you're obtaining all these great skills and you're developing your skill set. Um, but I think for those that are, you know, uh, applying for jobs and, you know, re recruiters or those that are hiring student athletes, I mean, they just bring, a, a, I think, an extra dimension to a, a workplace because they're, they're used to having to do all these things. They're used to having to work, work together or even waking up early, uh, communicating with others. Uh, having a main goal for the team and trying to, um, you know, execute the the strategies needed to to get to that goal, uh, and putting in the hard work to to get to that goal. So, uh, I think sports teaches people a, a lot of things, um, and just being on a team with others, like even as I mentioned with my team being very international, they have to learn about each other and how to work with each other and navigate some differences with language barriers, culture barriers, things like that. So um, I think that experience for student athletes, it's, it's invaluable. They just learn, like I said, so many different skills that they can use not only in the workplace, but also just being a better, a better friend, a better, better brother, brother, sister, or as they, they decide to be a parent one day, all of those types of skills, I think, translate everywhere else in their life. Absolutely. Very well said and a great way to, to sum it up. All right. So again, our guest on this episode has been Chad Berryhill, head coach of the men's and women's St. Leo Lions tennis teams. And uh, Chad, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate all your great insight. And again, congrats on uh, your recent success as well. Thank you, Greg. Much appreciated. And again, uh, thanks for allowing me to, to, to spend some time with you on the podcast. To hear more episodes of the St. Leo 360 podcast, visit stleo.edu forward slash podcast. To learn more about St. Leo's programs and services, call 877-622-2009 or visit stleo.edu.